Welcome to episode two of the podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk all about hypertrophy. We'll discuss exactly what it is and the mechanisms on how to achieve it. But most importantly, why we feel it's important that you understand these basic principles and then apply them to your training. So this is actually our second recording of this podcast. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> we recorded it all yesterday and yeah. it didn't save. Well, the, the, yeah. lap, the laptop decided to... Technology let us down. Yeah, so we lost the whole episode, but... <laughs> but luckily it it's a topic like a, that yeah. we enjoy, so we yeah. don't mind talking like about yeah. it again. Practice run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it really is such an interesting topic. Um, and... It's, it's one of those topics that you can get really deep into it. That we want you to understand the basics. And we will go a little bit into the did. sort of biology and everything of it. Yeah, we, 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 it was a long podcast. So <laughs> a bit sad that we had to lose that one. but It's okay. This one's going to be even better. Yeah, we enjoy podcasting. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, now we've talked about it. We can talk about it. Again. And yeah, or we're less going off on tangents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy tangents. Yeah. But no, we, and yeah, and hopefully we might think of uh, uh, anything that we missed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, so. in, in terms of <laughs> our hypertrophy, <laughs> we, we've decided to take a bit of a deload. We really. Yeah, yeah this, this coming week. We, we hit a bit of a wall in our training. And as we'll discuss later in this podcast, how important recovery is. And just knowing how much um, volume that you can take. Yeah. Um, so next week will be deload for us. Andy, where are you at? Yeah, um, so just two, second week into a new block. Um, I was last week really quite stressed all week. A lot of stuff, work and you know, So Ollie was, well, take a bit of time off training, use it, deload. But actually, I decided not to. Because whilst it's, you know, certain things I remove for core stress, like I'm not weighing every day and I'm not, I am tracking my macros and I'm still going to train because that's quite good for my stress levels. It's, you know, one of yeah. the few times a day where I get that hour to myself. And to be fair, it's the second week. So my first week was essentially like, you know, feeling out a new program and almost pretty much a deload in itself. So I don't need the deload. Um, I, you know, so I kept the training in, um, just reducing stress where I can, just because last week, you know, two kids at homeschooling, um, lots of work going on, lots of stuff, various business things going on, transport my car insurance out. It was just a lot of stuff all at once. And then, you know, so, you know, rather than, you know, get stressed about like trying to make sure I'm hitting one way, just do it, track my macros and just go through the process and when I do my next check-in, check my weight then. Rather than you know, be like every day staring at the scales, wondering why it's not moving. But also because of my stress, not getting enough sleep, so it's not gonna move. So therefore remove the stress I can, get a bit more sleep, and then yeah, and just go from there. So but yeah, I'm feeling pretty good today. Busy, busy as always, but you know the training's good. Um, you know, using my new tea bar. Yeah, that yeah, looks how, how awesome. Is that? Yeah, now I've got the, the new 
pendulum squat. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. It's good. The only thing that, and I said this to the guy who built it. Yeah. I and I've made fitness is the foot plate should be bigger. Oh, they, I'm so... not a big feet. I've got, got size 11 feet and <laughs> they struggle a little bit. But I'm not a big guy. If I was bigger, I probably would struggle with my foot place with, uh... a bit more, trying to get that better angle. Yeah. Well, if you want to give it to me, plate, Andy, it's fine. Yeah, you, yeah, you can. I think, you know, <laughs> like, for someone so like, you know, if someone get bigger, you know, you'd have to change positioning. Or the foot plate could do with being about six inches further on the machine. Yeah. Um, but no, it's still great for me. You know, load it up, you know, eight kgs on there. And I was, I was impressed enough with it to order a, a pendulum squat to be built. So that's a new bit of kit. You're going to have to come up with a name for your gym now. Yeah, it's going to have to be called something very, very cool. Like the, the, dun yeah, the pretty, dungeon. Yeah, it's probably going to be <laughs> the gunslingers, yeah. gunslinger fitness saloon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I do all my trainer under uh, Gunslinger Fitness. You have ah. to. So if anyone ever gets training plan for me, it's yeah. a Gunslinger Fitness. So you have to. Okay. If you come train at your, like your studio, you have to come with a cowboy hat. Yeah, exactly. It's I'm all up open. For that. It's, like, it's a converted shed, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And, and, and boots. <laughs> and boots. Oh, yeah, um, and the safety boots. Floor, expanding the floor at the moment, actually. Just bought a lot of wood. Just doing a suspended floor. It's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds uh, sounds very exciting. Yeah, I I think I hit a plateau because my nutrition, to be honest, is not my appetite is just uh, is sucky at the moment. Um, I don't get really hungry in the morning like I used to when I used to wake up early. Um, and that's bad for bulking because yeah, you know if you. I I it just you kind of need to to eat, to, to eat throughout the day. How long have you been on this phase? Uh, we started in January. Yeah. The, tra the training or? The, the training. No, but, but, uh, remain, remain like focusing on the dietary, trying to get enough food. I know you've been for a long time. Yeah, we started the, the bulk in January. Yeah, so. Yeah, because December we got sick and it just. What about a diet break? Have two weeks of maintenance to get your appetite back? I think, yeah, for now. That, that's the plan pretty much because last week yeah. I was off and then this week I'll try track because I track on and off and uh, once I have the volume of food I know I stop tracking but I think I'll track this week and see where yeah. where I stand because I know I know I'm not eating enough but also but, your knee went down so much yeah, that I'm sure that affected your appetite yeah from waking become up become a couch potato <laughs> from waking up just at plays three. call of duty <laughs> Never. From waking up at yeah, three. Yeah, I see all the videos. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Is this computer? Posting videos. Uh, I've the, become a Call of Duty it's widow. The, it's the downtime. Downtime. Uh, <laughs> when, um, where, don't you find Call of Duty highly stressful? I uh, find it stressful <laughs> watching him. Like, well, I, the only games I ever play are shooting games. Yeah. But because of my background, I get a bit too into them. Try not to play them too often. Yeah. And but I do find them relatively stressful. Yeah, like, you, you know, once you. Well, you try to avoid being shot at. Yeah, you get you into know. it, and it, it's it, it's nice because we play with a couple of our friends, so it's just, yeah. I guess it's just time for everyone to. Replay. Yeah. Replay. I've seen your videos, Leon. Those are mine. All the ones I post are mine. <laughs> I'm trying to get clear to play them. Never, never, <laughs> never. Anyway, before this turns into a Call of Duty yeah. podcast, <laughs> yeah, we let let us 
dive into the wonderful topic of hypertrophy. So yes, I think yes. let's start with what is hypertrophy, gentlemen? Yeah, so, uh, hmm. uh, we said hypertrophy is pretty much increase in muscle cell size. So what you do to try to get bigger in terms of uh, like your muscular or physical structure. So whenever you hear someone saying hypertrophy training, it's just essentially trying to get your muscle as big as you want it to be, depending on how big you want you want to get and hopefully get strong in the process because uh, yeah. there's chances that a big muscle is a strong muscle. But in this case, we'll Perfect. stick to hypertrophy. So what we'll be talking about is growth of muscle. So yeah, Whether, it's all about the gains, bro. Yep. <laughs> the gains, and yeah. that's pretty much what bodybuilders do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All male yeah. and female. Male and female, yeah. And yep. uh, much harder for females to achieve hypertrophy, but we will get into that. So Andy, Andy's going to take us through the, the more biological, physiological process of hypertrophy and the different types. Yeah, so... Um, I'll try and keep it simple, um, even more so, and even when I recorded yesterday. So there's a lot of science that goes into hypertrophy, and you know it, it bases around the idea of protein synthesis and how we use protein to build new tissue. Um, so there's two types of hypertrophy: myofibular and cytoplasmic. Myofibular is what I would consider true hypertrophy. That is real terms muscle size gain. Um, and sarcoplasmic is more to do with fluid. So we've got to understand what a, how the makeup of a muscle fiber. And the easiest way is to think of a big rolled up wire, like um, what you see on suspension bridges and stuff. It's twisted wires made up of fine little small wires all twisted together to make one big hard cable. Um, the myofibules are those tiny individual wires. And each muscle fiber is made up of individual small fibers called myofibules. And these myofibules are wrapped round and twist and become a muscle fiber. Now, myofibular hypertrophy, what we're doing is increasing the myofibules. So therefore, increasing the size of the muscle fiber by adding myofibules to that, that cluster. So, and sarcoplasmic is adding fluid to the muscle. So if you imagine your muscle as a balloon, if you stuffed a load of straws in a balloon, that would be your muscle fibers. Then you fill the balloon with fluid, that would be the sarcoplasmic fluids, which is made up of your glycogens and your blood and you know, triglycerides and various other nutrients that your muscles need to produce the ATP and trigger protein synthesis. Now. The easiest way to look at sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is for pump. When you go to a gym and you've been working out and you leave and you feel all swollen and pumped up, you look in the mirror, you take your gym selfie because you, 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 know, you see all your gains because you feel great. Most of that is just going to be fluid. And over the next few hours, it will reduce again. Now, if you train regularly, you keep that sort of sarcoplasmic pump up. Um, but what people are seeing now is without heavy weights or at gyms, that will reduce. And whilst we need it to produce muscle, 
it isn't true muscle size, it won't affect strength, it just helps building of new tissue. So the real hypertrophy is this myofibrillar hypertrophy. So this is why you'll see some guys who look really good but aren't particularly strong, you know, because their muscle actually isn't as big as, uh, say, the, the membrane that's holding all the fluid. So you can get a massive swollen pump, and especially guys who chase the pump day in, day out, they keep pumped up. But the actual size of muscle underneath may be actually not as big as some others. So what we aim to do in hypertrophy is increase the size of those muscle fibers. And as I said, that is done by protein synthesis. As we work, we our bodies are very fine-tuned to adapt to a situation. So as we lift a, a load, you know, we say we talk about bicep curls, we, we lift that barbell and we curl it up to our chest. If it's taxing on the muscle, a signal sent to the brain that says, holy shit, that was hard work. We need to get stronger to survive in this world. We are going, because our bodies still think we're in early man time. It still thinks that saber-toothed tigers hiding behind a rock to eat yeah, us. <laughs> so it wants to make us survive. So how do we survive? Well, we adapt. And we've talked about this with um, you know, metabolic adaption last week. And the same with um, hypertrophy. Our body adapts to the new load to make us stronger. Therefore, what the signal then goes back to the muscle saying, All right, you need to create more myofibrils to increase the muscle strength. And in doing so, that increases the size. So you have this adaptive response, and that's created by protein synthesis. And you know, I could go into the science of RNR transmitter molecules, but the basic idea is the body uses and breaks down protein to build amino acids. The amino acids are then turned into new tissue. So and that's done, and it, and it could be tiny, but you may not even notice. This is why you wouldn't notice your muscle size gain day by day. But if you were to look back over months, you will see it, because it's just those tiny myofibrils adding up, adding up, adding up. So, um, you know, that's what we mean, you know, the, the processes of hyper, in the very basic terms. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a great way of describing it, and very understandable. And I think a lot of people might have heard when we do discuss hypertrophy that there are three main uh, mechanisms of achieving it. So we'll go over those quickly. The first and most important is mechanical tension. So like Andy said, that the, the weight you lift. Um, so with your bicep curl or whatever, you want to be increasing the weight so that your, your muscle fibers have to constantly adapt. Um, and this doesn't mean lifting the same weight day in, day out, week in, week out. It has to get progressively heavier. Then there's your metabolic stress, which is, um, again, as Andy said, the, the pump. Um, when you're getting a lot of blood flow into the muscles. And, and those two uh, make the perfect combination for hypertrophy. And so you'll see in a lot of programs, you'll do... Like your first couple of sets will be load sets, so it'll be a heavier weight, and then you'll have back off sets with lighter weights, and that's where you get the pump, a lot of blood flow into that muscle. And then the, the last one is muscle damage. Um, and th this one, you know, to an extent we can control this by utilizing different techniques. And the main one is uh, 
you, you damage the muscle through eccentric, so let's think the slow lowering of your weights. Um, and other sort of techniques like forced reps and playing around with strength curves with bands or machines. Yeah, because you have a lot of people who randomly throw in all these forced reps, giant sets, eccentrics, and uh, don't really understand uh, the three mechanisms of hypertrophy. And I think once you can understand these three, then you'll understand why someone put a giant set into their workout, why someone decided to do a deload this week, or uh, why the intensity is a certain way, which we'll also talk about later. And uh, it's it's just, uh, it's just, uh, how do I say it? It's usually funny or it's just weird when you see some programs, especially on, you know, Instagram, and you can see someone doing, you know, they on a deficit doing 10 sets, yeah. three warm-up sets with a drop set at the end. And it and and you wonder that's just one exercise and you wonder how intense are you going on all 10 sets to be able to adhere to all these three mechanisms of hypertrophy exactly yeah. and i think without going into programming this week mm-hmm. the episode itself but touching on that is what you want to do is cater for all those mechanisms so there's no point just looking at forced reps yeah. across a whole program. Because as you know, as I said before, what happens is by damaging that muscle, you only want a little marginal damage. You don't want to cause actual damage to your muscle. But if you do that on every set, it stops being marginal. Yeah. And all you're doing is breaking your muscles <laughs> down, but they're not going to recover yeah. from yeah. that. So therefore they won't grow, and you're just breaking down muscle, and you're, you're popping fibers, and you're tearing muscles which is proper damage, which isn't what we're after. What we're after is mechanical adaptation, metabolic stress, where we're feeding blood and metabolizing that muscle to help the breakdown of tissue and to rebuild new tissue. And then we want to create some damage to the muscle fibers that are already there, which causes them to repair. A bit like, you know, when you break a bone, it comes back stronger. Muscle, muscle fiber tears, It'll double up the amount of myofibules in that tear to fill the hole. Now, which is different to if you rupture your muscle or you tear a tendon off the bone, that's not an easy fix. You know, I should know I've got a, a ruptured <laughs> bicep, so, yeah, yeah. You know, which can't be fixed, it turns out. So, um, you know, there's marginal damage and there's full tissue damage. So. If you are trying to damage your muscle on every single set rep, then you you know you are gonna end up broken. Yeah, which is uh, which is where progressive overload comes in because most people just plain overload. There's nothing progressive. Yeah, exactly. There's no progress. It's <laughs> yeah. just overload from rep one. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no plan. Like if you are starting out and you go into the gym, yeah, you'll probably see results or gains, and you know for the first couple of months. But from there, if you're picking random IG workouts or just, you know, a little bit of from this program or that program looks cool, you will definitely plateau. So that that is where progressive overload comes in. And that's just each each time adding in more weight or adding in a little bit more volume. But again, volume only to an extent that you can recover from. 
So like Andy said, you just want to damage that muscle a little bit so that you can recover from that and come back stronger. That recovery's got to be over a couple of days, not, you know, you should be taking you four to six weeks to, for your muscle to stop hurting. Yeah. <laughs> I think... We're talking about hypertrophy. I imagine there's some ladies listening going, oh, well, you know, I don't want to end up big like a guy. Yeah. A little bulky and, you know, my muscles go. But reality is, and a big reality is it's not easy. It's not easy for men, it's, it's especially not easy for women to gain muscle. Hypertrophy is a slow process, and hormones play an important factor in that. So don't worry about listening to this. And again, I'll say what I've said in previous podcasts. Women who want to look good, which is fine in their way, we, you know, they see they want bigger glutes, you know, shapely calves, whatever. But the reality is you need to gain muscle for that. Therefore, hypertrophy is important to you. Even if you think you just want to tone, which doesn't exist, you need to gain muscle and lose body fat. That is what toning actually is, getting in, creating muscle. So you need hypertrophy. So if you're listening to this going, oh, no, I don't want to grow muscle, the reality is you probably do. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it's, sorry, yeah. it's just such a slow process, and you've got to think long-term if you want to grow your muscles. And in conjunction with that, you've got to eat. You, you have to be at least at maintenance calories, preferably in a surplus. And for a long time, you know, you can't just go into it for a couple of weeks and think you're going to build, you know, a nice pair of glutes in that time. You know, it is a long process. Yeah. Anytime there's the word grow, you want to grow your glutes, you want to grow your delts. That's hypertrophy. It's not uh, yeah. body toning or whatever anyone else tells you those that doesn't exist muscles will grow that's that's it and they don't tone and the principle is the same for men and women yes yes, yes 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 the basic fundamentals is the same for all humans and actually the same for all mammals essentially i don't know i won't get to other animals because i know them enough <laughs> yeah but if i want to grow my dog's back legs i put a weighted backpack on increase the weight make sure we get fed enough yeah you know, yeah. so yeah it's essentially the same it works the same for all animals so um you know it is a slow process and yeah. diet does play and as clear just said it's important to eat properly because what you end up doing is if you are using protein as an energy source because you're not getting enough calories from your or carbohydrates with fats, your body will not have spare protein to use in protein synthesis to build muscle tissue. Yeah. So even for a lot of people, maintenance, you you may get some adaptive response, but you may not. Um, most likely not. Uh, in a deficit, you probably won't unless you're a newbie. Like maybe in a newbie or someone who's assisted by anabolics would because there's some hormonal differences there. But for people who've been training for a while, you won't see change. You may see look like you do, you know, and I'm a classic for this. You know, Ollie always says this, when I lose body fat, my physique comes alive. It looks pretty mainstream when fat, but because I look bigger with less body fat, just because you can see the separation of the muscle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which makes me look bigger, although I'm actually smaller. So, um, so you know, it's optical illusions. Yeah, and so 
We've said mechanical tension is one of the most important, and I think under that will form will fall the term intensity. So intensity yes. is not just the amount of weight you lift; it's the effort that you put into it, and this is it. It really is crucial.、Um, so you could be doing a lot of volume, thinking that the more you do, the better, but if you step back and think about it, can your body really recover from the amount that you're doing? Wouldn't it be better to cut that volume but increase your intensity, increase the effort that you're putting into every single rep, every single set, every single time that you work out, and then take enough time to recover from that? And doing that over doing loads of volume, you will see results. Yeah, because yeah. I think.、Uh, oh, sorry. I was saying I think、um, I think. Most of us, if every, I'd say even maybe ninety percent of people who train, have fallen into the trap of thinking volume will give you results. Like volume is everything. So you find,、uh, like I'll use myself as an example. When I started, I'd I'd live in the gym, you know, two hour sessions daily, and I want to do six days a week because I believe. You know, which most people forget, your muscles don't grow in the gym when you're doing the bicep curl, but When you're starting out and you don't know these things, you're you're just grinding and fatiguing the muscle and damaging to almost not optimal recovery. Yeah, and I think newbies get caught in the trap of newbie gains. Yes, yes. So they'll do they'll do all that and see progress. Yeah, for、mm-hmm. like one two months. But the fact is, they won't realize that won't last forever. Yeah.、And、in fact, they then because their system is less taxed because they are new, so we can get away with that. Yeah. As it as their CNS gets tired, their central nervous system gets tired. Yeah. It will slow down. It may not be immediate. It may take months to happen. But suddenly we reach a plateau. Yeah. But still be trying to do the same stuff, and not working out why their growth slowed. Um, and we've all done it. You know, jump volume. My guys that I do training programs for will often hear me say to them, "Intensity creates density."、And、this is a fact. You know. If you check out your heart rate during your heavy lifts, you know one twenty, one thirty. You know, from your resting heart rate yeah, like fifty or sixty, <laughs> you know, it's through the roof, and that is intensity. You know,、um, you know, for instance, you know, I've done walking lunges where I've matched. Oh, we lost you for a second, Andy. We thought internet was going to be on our side today. <laughs> yeah, this. We're, we're, okay, we're are you back? Okay, rewind a few seconds. The walking okay, lunges. Okay, walking lunges. Is, walking lunges. Yeah, you, walking lunges often have the same effect on my heart rate as going for a sprint, because、yeah. I load up that weight and and I lift to the point where I think my veins are gonna burst out when that. And that is, and it's taken me a few years to really get understand intensity. And for years when I was younger, I wasted training sessions just by not. Same. With enough intensity, <laughs> yeah. You know, your last reps of every set should feel like you're you're about to die. Doesn't matter if it's t- five reps, ten reps, fifteen, twenty reps. Those last rep, that last rep should feel like the end of the earth to you. Yeah. You, know, you should be knackered. You should then need to take a bit of time in between, just to stop the stars from appearing in your eyes and catch your breath. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like we were saying if. Me now and me five years ago were to meet in the gym, we'd we'd never sort of work because the me 
five years ago was super volume like there was there was no there was no convincing me that I'm going to do two two super intense set and I picked that over five six sets of a squat and I remember some some days I'd do like 10 sets you know where the the workout says four but I'm thinking ah, I'll get more games yeah, if I I'm, do more I'm, than I'm that st- I'm still strong so if if I was to meet me five years ago I I don't think we'd be would be very good friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people are scared of intensity. It, and again, especially women. Like, and you were saying, if, if we lift heavy, we're going to be scared that we're going to get big. So we then default to volume, 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 volume. And in fact, we're not even going to get the results we want. We're not going to get the quote unquote toning. And intensity, it does take a long time to... To just understand it and master it, it and be comfortable pushing yourself that far. And I know for myself, it's been a great mental shift thinking, okay, I've got two, maybe three sets. That's it. I can give those sets everything because I'm not worried about, oh, you know, I better, better keep some gas in the yeah. tank for that, you know, set number five. Whereas if you, if you can put yourself into that mindset, you know, you've got those two or three sets, well, you've done your warm-up sets put that in there yeah. you've done your warm-up sets your working sets you give them everything you give them all your all um and also for like you you're trying to make your two to three sets as intense as possible you're trying to keep it in the volume you'll be able to recover from so also there's a problem when guys do warm-up sets you know guys try to you see things like 30 reps 20 reps of warm-up sets and you forget that even the warm-up set, they're still part of... You're, you're trying to put... Your yeah, you're getting blood I'm into the muscle. You're out, priming. Yeah. Matt of time, I do a, a warm-up set, especially for deadlifts. Yeah. And I'll overdo that warm-up. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> what that time in FitRev you yeah, did that. I used yeah. to do the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, you, go to, you go to do it, and then you're like, why can't I move this weight this week? Yeah. It's because you actually almost progress your warm-up. Yeah. So it's uh, take it too close to that lift and i do it all the time and um yeah because everything needs to be recovered as you say yeah because now it's 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 it really is a mind shift like clear said because now we we do a a one like a one rep warm-up or a three rep warm-up and you're doing you know three four sets as you just walk up to your i'd say your top set from last week because you're trying to improve and just doing that one rep and working up to that top set it, it it doesn't you you actually you feel the blood going in you know you're you're getting warmed up you've done your mobility and people i think it's people have this notion it's a warm up it needs to be many reps or it needs to be it just needs to be stupid because people do stupid warm ups the same as they just do their workouts very badly programmed i think and they forget that warm up is part of your it's part of your overall workout you you're still going to recover from warm up plus workout it's not like your body re, your body knows oh he's warming up so let's let's not calculate that as part of his volume yeah and i yeah, think again without going into programming I mean, yeah. we should be careful there's a lot of information we can give on programming it is everything we do Whatever the rep range, keep that intensity, but everything needs to be recoverable because 
that recovery period is a period when you adapt. Your body needs that recovery for the adaption process to happen. You know, for the uh, protein synthesis and all those metabolic responses to adaption need you to be in that rest, digest. If you are dealing with, you know, you're so worn out that you can't effectively recover, you won't make gains anyway because your body is flooded with cortisol and you will make very little protein and muscle and tissue. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's important as well to know that everybody is different. What Andy might be able to recover from, I true, might not true, be true. able to recover from. So you've really got to take that into account and not be married to any kind of, well, to any you know program or way of way of training or if you're training with your partner that you've got to do what they're doing you you really need to get to learn to your body and ultimately get to auto regulation with your recovery and your training volume and intensity yeah log log booking we you hear we always record all our training and it's just that it's it's just good for you to be able to go back you know one week one one month one year and and you can see your progress. Otherwise, if you're training the same way as your, you know, your partner who's, say, genetically gifted, who's trained for less than you, and we know the longer you train, the 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 harder it becomes. Your adaptation becomes harder. So if you you can't be comparing yourself to the you know the newbie who's who's gaining every every month, looking different. Uh, adding a lot of weight to their weight, lifts yeah. every week. I mean, the more experienced you are, the less you can. Yeah, your, your logbook is individual. That's your, your like, uh, what does JP say? Your logbook is the best place you can learn from. You'll not learn from yes. Andy's logbook or Clear's. It's it's yours. Because here's the thing with logbooking, and it's super important. Yeah, and we talk about progressive overload, but maybe we should understand that a little bit more. Yes, about true. trying to improve and, and create, keep your body adapting week or not week on week or every other week. So yeah, and in your logbook, you'll you'll record what you know the increase in reps or the increase in weight or the increase in time under tension or whatever it be. You know, you'll, you'll increase it, but it's also important to record your recovery because if you find you've added extra reps rather than weight, but then your struggle cover, you probably need to then look at your, your the volume amount and, and bring it back a little bit, then increase the weight instead. So, you, you know, the logbook is, you know, not just for training, it's also for recovery, you know, record stuff in your rest days, how you feel, how, you know, how, how you feel, how's your sleep. And this is why, a lot of good coaches will have other variables in a plan. Things like recording your sleep hours, what was your hunger levels like, what yeah. were your yeah. daily stress levels your like. Moods. Because these are all indicators of recovery failure. Yeah, and, and then again, for women, where you are in your cycle will really yes. impact uh, your recovery and your strength. Um, so, yeah. 
bringing it's, it's such a holistic approach you've, you've you've got to bring that in and then again that's the problem with a lot of generic programs is they don't take into account any of this and if you don't understand these principles you will just follow it and then just be sort of a bit upset like why am i not progressing why am i not you know gaining muscle and again another mind shift for me was that you know if if say your program is monday legs tuesday upper body wednesday rest and after your legs you're just shattered you can take a rest day on tuesday it doesn't matter your program doesn't have to be a weekly cycle it's it should be more in maybe you've got two two upper body days and two lower body days and that might take you more than a week to to finish that that sort of rotation if you want to call it that yeah you you have to remember your your training and say just life is it's it it'll stress you hormonally neurologically and structurally so your body uh, your mind and just your hormones so if you do not factor in the stress from the gym together with your life stress as part into your recovery you will you'll also not really make a very good gain so to speak in the gym so you could be training hard you know good intensity your nutrition is good but your sleep uh, is not good and you're getting stressed with work that will that will also really determine how well you recover overall yeah, and I think that's an important thing with, if you get a coach, that first program is often not as effective as the second program. Yeah. Because it's going to take your coach a little while to understand your recoveries, your, your natural stress levels. If for women, understand what weeks you have your cycle, how that can affect your, your recovery that week. You know, you, you know, the coach may decide to have a deload on the, you know, your cycle, your menstrual cycle week or the week before, depending on your hormones. All this stuff is like learning for a coach. So there's no, no point getting a coach, using them for a month, keeping that program and trying to keep it going for longer without having the coach because it's about, it's about adaption and it's about, okay, now I understand you. I understand that you need a certain amount of volume and often I found with women they need more volume than men but some guys who maybe have been athletes their whole life can handle quite a lot of recoverable volume you know depending on and this could change over the program some guys handle leg volume better than others and some guys handle upper body but it's all very individual so for a coach to understand this you need to work with you for longer so the best coaching often comes after about a year of working with someone, true, where true, we see true, true. variables over a whole year, you know, we know that if you travel for work, how's that travel going to affect your, your weight the following day, your, your water retention? Are you going to recover then if you have more load added to your training or a new stimulus? Because sometimes it's better if you're highly stressed at one point, keep to the same program because you've mastered those movements. Again, I don't want to delve too much into programming, but the fact is there's a lot of variables that go to body adaption and hypertrophy is an adaptive response. So as we've you know, recovery is a big part of that. And understanding recovery is a big part of that. And one, so yeah. obviously the training diet and recovery. A trifecta. A trifecta, yes. And recovery I think is the most neglected one because 
I'm, yeah. I'm guilty of this. I look. I used to look at workouts as a calorie dump. And those that you're not training, you're not burning calories, you're not losing weight. And that's that's a bad cycle to get into. But also just looking at workouts as calorie dumps and, um, well, sort of strength training workouts actually don't burn that many calories compared to, you know, running oh. or, or cardio ones. And um, we, Andy, you touched on this briefly before that when you're building muscle, it's not in the gym. It's on your recovery days. So if, if you're not recovering or you're just not, you know, you just take your recovery, you're like, yeah, you're not going to see your results. So to really prioritize that and recovery, it doesn't mean you have to do nothing. You yeah. can spend that time. You can do you can do sort of low impact like walking, cycling, work on your mobility. It's not it's not a waste. And you can manage yeah. your, your nutrition hand in hand with that. Some people like to lower their calories on, on rest days. I, I personally like to keep it the same. Um, but if you're someone who's worried that, oh no, I'm not getting my workout, I'm not burning calories, you, you can reduce your calories that day. Yeah, it's very, yeah. It's very important to take note of everything because uh, like you said, most people, they you log your training and then forget, you know, logging my sleep you forget how you felt your moods and then it, it almost gets hard when you try and look back and you're like why why did i why am i struggling why did i plateau and yeah. and i'm i'm working hard in the gym if you had all this in your book you it's easy to know you're like okay i did not sleep well last week maybe you know taper down training focus on yeah. sleep or maybe i did not eat well last week so uh, let me let me get back to uh, you know sound nutrition and focus on that. But if you're not logging all this, your your road to hypertrophy becomes just that much harder. I think I think people people don't realise the gym sessions the easy bit of a training. Yeah, True. yeah. <laughs> it's what all the other bits outside of the gym that is the important stuff. Is the harder stuff to be on top of. And I think, you know, people have to realize that what, when we were talking about metabolic stress earlier is the metabolites that attack the muscle during training to create these metabolic adaptive responses actually start breaking down some tissue. And if you don't get enough rest, you're just constantly getting breakdown of tissue. Your body can open it has to just keep repairing that tissue rather than building new tissue. So you just stay, you just get like this homeostasis status quo situation. So, you know, people have to also understand about the nervous system and the two types, parasympathetic and sympathetic. It's this fight or flight, rest and rest digest. digest. So our bodies, are, you know, work in two ways. We're either fighting or flighting, you know, that's hunting, doing stuff, roughhousing, yeah. that stuff that, you know, is taxing on the body. But then we need to be able to turn to this time of rest and digest. The rest and digest is when all the metabolic responses happen. This is where our body repairs itself. We're built to then, you know, imagine a bit like hunter-gatherers. If a hunter-gatherer goes out, he goes and hunts himself a big woolly mammoth. You know, the body's going to be putting up with a lot of stress as he's fighting this woolly mammoth yeah. to get food. So the body's going to go, oh, yeah, we need to do better for next time so we can make it easier to catch. But 
The whole point is, is that period where you've, you've won the battle with the Woolly Mouth, you're eating him, your body's like, right, so what do we need to do for the future to make this easier? Let's take, you know, using the calories we're consuming now, let's just, this guy's now chilled, he's relaxed, he's not fearing for his life. We can now let him start adapting. Because our body doesn't want to adapt while we're in this potentially life-threatening situation. And that basically carries across into our modern day life. We're in a lot less actual physical risk, but because of stress and the way we deal with stress, our body thinks we're under attack like all the time. All the time. <laughs> Unless you can find a way of flicking that switch, you know, things like find time to just chill out, increase your dopamine levels, you know, get a massage, listen to chilled out music once you get out of a gym. You know, the sooner you can get into this rest and digest process for better. Like, you know, that could be finish a session, then do your stretching, phone rolling, chilling out, chat to friends, you know, but keep that period in the gym as your intense life or death situation that you need to adapt for. Yes, and I think, like you said, these days we're, 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 we're chronically stressed, you know, that... Yeah. The, the body doesn't differentiate the gym from yeah being chased by a predator. That is all stress. And there's no point if you're already super stressed, you know, like you said you were last week, Andy. There's no point going in and, you know, trying to, to beat your your PRs or, or to progressive overload or to even finish that session because you're not doing yourself any favors. It doesn't mean by finishing that session that you're automatically gonna, you know, put a, a new bit of muscle tissue on. You, you're not. In fact, you're taking steps backwards. And it's so hard if you love the gym. I mean, we all love the gym and you know, you, you really want to train, but you've also got to think and it, it just, it, it, it sounds a bit sort of controversial, but if you don't go that day, you're super stressed, you're probably doing yourself a favor. Yeah. Listen to your body, get to the gym, and if you don't feel like you are in the mood to train, you feel lackluster, you feel tired, you can't get yourself prepped, you're lifting, you're aching a little bit, don't worry about it, turn around and go home. Go do something else, do your stretching, mm. do a bit of yoga, do something that's gonna actually benefit you rather than just compounding the stress and adding adding to potentially what's going to cause you an injury exactly because you're breaking down muscle and then you'll end up with some you know broken down fibers and then you just do that muscle damage that just pop and tear and this is a problem with many programs out there it's more like you know monday is chest day tuesday is leg day if i miss the leg day you're stressed and you're thinking oh crap now um, I'll, I'll use my rest day, you know, to recover, to redo the leg day. And then your rest days before like a back or pull day. So that's just more stress on your CNS. You know, over the weekend, you're not fully recovered. You're back to the following week and you're wondering why, why, why am I lift suffering? And it's, it's just that because most, most people or even some of you listening are married to your programs. You're married to Monday being your glute day or monday being when you do your conditioning or something and you should remember your your training plan and your logbook is is where you can adjust it's just giving you the footsteps of what you need to do to be able to adjust 
go back to your logbook if if your day one day two you know training you find out that day three you're tired and you're just not performing in the gym the next uh, the fourth day very well switch it up you know don't don't be married to i have to finish all my workouts in seven days it's the body doesn't work like that your body doesn't know monday to friday you know leg day or that's all your mindset your body only knows you know the like we said rest digest fight flight when i need to recover what i need to survive because you know now we are under stress so don't be married to your training plan that that is the most sure way of um how would i say of just killing your hypertrophy gains yeah. i think what we got to look at is that people if you want the best progress and make the most gains you have to remove the emotion from training and just understand the process and what goes into the process but nutrition the rest days as well as the intensity of the training and break it down and don't be emotionally attached to any individual part we all get emotionally attached to the bit we enjoy most which is often the gym in the gym yep. when actually <laughs> just love the process which is all three parts rather than loving the individuals you know if you enjoy the process where it's going to take you focus on that rather than oh, i must be in the gym today i must be doing this i must be doing that if you say look i've got these boxes to tick today eat these macros have this training session make sure i get enough sleep tick those boxes off and then that changes and on your rest day it's like they tick the boxes for getting enough nutrition get enough sleep or maybe a box for making sure you've done your stretching do something you enjoy and i always tell my clients this do something you enjoy do something for you if you're into art spend an hour drawing you know if you if you love you know painting or you love catching up with friends you know we're maybe in lockdown we call them on zoom or skype you know that on your rest day that increase in dopamine will help you mentally but increase in the serotonin in your body isn't just about mood. So you've got two types of serotonin, one in the brain, one in the gut. The gut serotonin helps gut mobility, motility of digestion. So you digest your food better, therefore you're building, creating those building blocks, those amino acids yeah. mm-hmm. to build protein. So it's important on your days off, don't use your rest days to do things that are productive to your process. Find something that you enjoy take an hour instead of spending that hour hour two hours in the gym spend that two hours doing something for you but you it could be for people that like pampering themselves doing your hair putting a face mask on it could be going to get a massage but something that makes you feel good will help you to build muscle weirdly yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people really need to learn to rest to be honest it's uh the same way guys are always ready to train and you know go to work and just give your whole day to doing something you find that most people don't know how to rest because we are we are so used to be doing uh, to to be doing something so people forget that you know i'm all, i'm working out or i need to walk no one will just yeah. like very few people will do like what you said you know just sit cut your nails um play call of duty yeah play, <laughs> play, I, play call, call of duty, duty. Yeah, as long as just, it doesn't stress you out 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah, for me, it caused me too much stress. Yeah, that was like, yeah. 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 virtual fight. No, but if it, yeah, if you enjoy it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You find what you enjoy. And I think, and this is one question, if I take a new client on, yeah. you make sure, what do you enjoy doing? Yeah. What are your things outside of the gym? That you enjoy doing, yeah. What other hobbies do you have? What do you enjoy doing? Because what you find with people who've been training a long time, the gym becomes their a life. Hobby, yeah. And outside of the gym, they don't have much else. And they're the people now struggling because with gyms being closed, struggling to do their home workouts but outside that they're like oh what do i do they're getting just work out all day when you need to have something outside of the gym like with me i love spending time with my horses i love a bit of working on the farm i love doing these things so i try to do them and i try to do when i'm not training do them when i've got time on all days not just my rest days but a rest day gives you that hour you normally would use for the gym or two hours or whatever it is including travel to do something else yeah there's also there's a very good saying i think um uh it was on Fuad and luke uh luke sando's podcast yeah Yeah, i know they said if if you're not looking forward to your rest day your workouts are not as intense as they need to be exactly yeah i think that is yeah if you if you actually yeah yes well you're begging for that rest day to come along. And sometimes that's why you need to have a, put in an extra rest yep. day because you've been so intense. You now leave a situation where you need that day off. Yeah, because it took a while because I used to feel bad when um, um, even uh, Clea knows this, like it would be like we, we have to train today, but I'm feeling tired and just, but I'm thinking, but, but it's a training day. I need to do this. And, it's a mindset thing. It takes it takes a while to to get there where you can be mature enough to be like, you know what? I'm tired. I'll rest today. Push the workout the following day. We're not saying it's something you just do tomorrow, but it's something you can really work on to be able to improve your hypertrophy when it comes to your training. Yeah, and yeah, your this recovery. This is proper being fried stuff. It's not, hey, I've been training and you've not been intense, but you you just you feel a bit lazy or you yeah, say yeah. you know you go to your coach can i have a refeed day <laughs> well i'm not being funny mate i don't think you really deserve one yeah. you know like every so often you may get a refeed day but the fact is one of those things where if you are putting the work in beforehand don't don't do it yeah you gotta get good but you got to know that you put everything into every session yeah. you walk away from that session knowing you've left everything in that gym so you are looking to immediately flip the switch because you've got nothing left to give because yeah. you gave it all in. <laughs> yeah. So therefore, you've got to go to that rest digest because you've got, you're knackered. Anyone who's ever, especially anyone who's done any combat sports, when the fight is over, you've put everything, it could be, say, even a rugby game. Yeah. There's that moment where the final whistle goes or the bell goes and you just sit there for a second and you can suddenly get quite cold. <laughs> True, yeah. Where everything just pops out of your body. You've suddenly got no energy. It's going to take you a few minutes to even get off your ass yeah. because you know you put everything into what's just happened. And final whistle goes, you know, you get almost goosebumpy because, like, you just feel cold, you feel worn out. And then it takes a second. I mean, you, you get on. I mean, you go enjoy not fighting 
comfortable not playing rugby. You know, you go sit in the change room, have a laugh. Yeah. And that is an immediate switch flick to recovery. Yeah, you re- relax, yeah. yeah. And that's that's, exactly. that's yeah. the problem with junk volume. You've, um, I'm sure you've seen guys in the gym where oh, they've gone and through. I've done it myself. Yeah, and previously. then you have guys who've gone through their whole workout, and then you can see them in the middle of the gym looking for something else to do. Yeah, they're like, not tired. Yeah, like you they're can just, really. <laughs> yeah. It was you can really see this person almost wasted their session because they're looking at what what else can I do? Which cable? Oh yeah, maybe Let's I can do, do the adapter. Curls. Yeah. <laughs> And well, here's the thing, get good about though, like where you get, people that get used to the junk volume, they're adaptive responses to get used to junk volume. So therefore, we just keep adding volume. And that, because they never actually ever tackle the issue of less, less can be more. Yeah, and yeah. I think yep. the more volume you keep adding because you're saying you're not tired, personally, I'm just going to say, I think that's... Uh, big sign of very low intensity in your training yeah well if, your training volume it's yeah. it's limited by yeah. your your intensity yeah if every week you're feeling like oh i can add two sets or i can inc- add two more workouts then maybe you should just take a few steps look at your program and just be honest with yourself and ask yourself am i putting everything into this session every day i go into the gym yeah. And Here's the thing, like you know when you've done a good squatting session, you might have to adjust the volume for the rest of your session. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because when you, you're sitting there, you know and you've progressed, you've added say five kgs or ten kgs, and you've put everything into that squat. It's your big compound at the beginning of your session, you suddenly sit oh, I don't know how I'm gonna do leg extensions, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna do it. So you then have to adjust your leg extension volume because You've tackled the squat with so much intensity. You're ready to leave. And you'll find that like throughout your session, when you've done a really good session, in between some sets, you, you're not sure you, you're going to get up and, and lift again because you're scared. You're scared. You're like, am I going to be sick? Am I going to collapse under this squat bar? <laughs> and here's the thing with squats. It takes a lot of balls to, to train with maximum intensity squatting because... What happens if you fail? Yep. And until you do fail and walk away unhurt, you'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I, well, I do fear. Occasionally, you've got to dump the bar. And you, as soon as you learn that you can just chop that bar onto the safeties, the yeah. best yeah. thing for you. We were, yeah, we were talking with Wallace and he, he asked me a good question. It's just, it's one of those he was like, does it just get to leg day and you start thinking about leg day and you get scared and you're like, yeah. <laughs> do I have to do this? Like, or like a pool day. Uh, some push days, I don't particularly find push days very... Like, I'm good at push, I guess. But leg days, every week, there's that point of, like you said, fight or flight. Like, like oh. shit. <laughs> well, I think that's why a lot of people... We won't talk about it now, but yeah. if you're going into body part splits, a lot of people will be like, oh, great, it's arm day. Yep. Because it's yep. easy. Yep. You don't have to sort of psych yourself up for it. But, w- but we won't go into that yet. Yeah, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a good podcast on programming. I think that will really... Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. Like, on that, I heard a good story once. Yeah. If you ever go to Oxygen Gym in Kuwait, yeah, there's people just pacing the car park, too scared to go in for their session. Like, like uh, professional bodybuilders. Yeah. And, and they're, they're trying to psych themselves up to actually enter the gym because they're yeah. so scared of what's about to happen. 
Yeah, no, and, and that is a serious mindset. Um, and I think let's just touch on sort of specificity and stimuli a bit more, because I think that's where a lot of people fail with hypertrophy is they have they're just incorporating too many types of stimuli into their sessions. Whereas if you if you do keep it quite simple and apply progressive overload, you'll get to your results much quicker. Um, so what I mean by that is, you know, you might be adding in a bit of a, a CrossFit type workout here or the next day you're doing a different type of workout. And that's that's really going to hinder your progress. Um, and a lot of people um, do do that. So if you have reached a plateau, just again, look, look back at your program, look back at your training style and, and it'll go back to your goals. I mean, maybe if, if hypertrophy isn't your goal, you can do... You know, add in more of these stimuli, but they adding in all those stimuli again is going to take you to that threshold where you just want to go a little bit over that you can recover from and adapt, not so much that you just can't recover. Yeah, because I think that's the that's where the importance of having blocks or phases in your training really helps. It's it's the same way you don't see sports people like boxers or. Even uh, guys who play rugby or football, they they don't do all the sort of training like weights in one session. Then they'll do the endurance and their core work in on the same day. Their their training is very well, very very well programmed, and it's it's good yeah. if you can have your blocks and phases rather than just be all over the place. You're doing. You've done your squats, you're doing burpees, you're doing a sprint, then you're back doing push-ups and it's it's sending different signals at the same time to your body and it's almost stressful. You're just taxing yeah. your CNS there. And I think people get people get caught up in this idea of novel stimulus. And novel stimulus can create hypertrophy. Yeah. Because it's all to do with adaptive response. Yeah. But if you keep Minimal. changing, your body's got nothing to base adaption off. It doesn't know what skill you're struggling with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So imagine, yeah. like, if you were to go from running to flying, so that you could fly, yeah. you would never get quicker at running because your body decided, actually, he doesn't need to run quick. Yeah, we, we, fly. we can fly. <laughs> and you will get quicker at flying if you then keep switching to running. So the body's like, well, you can do everything. He's not struggling. But if you do the same thing over a period, the same movement over a period of time, your body then starts sensing, I this muscle needs to adapt to make this easier. Because that's what the body wants. It wants to make everything nice and easy and less stressful for us. Yeah. But if you keep switching movements between normal stimulus, you won't get that adaptive response because it won't know that you're finding it challenging. Yeah. And so therefore, you need to have a, a process of doing the same movement. Yeah, so the, the, the trainers who, you know, you get those people who'd be like, oh, you've got to shock your muscles. Or what do they yes. call it? Muscle, muscle confusion. Muscle confusion, oh my goodness. Yeah, no. <laughs> Run away, <laughs> please. Yeah, that muscle, yeah. Yeah. Confusion doesn't lead to anything good. Yeah. No, your, your muscle, muscle needs to understand yeah, and adapt. It's like pumping iron, Arnie talking. And yes. Arnie had a lot of good knowledge, but, you know. Back then, they really believed in it. Pumping iron was so bad that I think people got the wrong idea. And yeah, they, you got to trick your muscle. They, they yeah, you can't trick it. your muscle. This <laughs> is their biological process. It's yeah, you know, process of adaption. Um, and yes, novel stimulus has a place. Once you've mastered movements, change them up. 
Because then your body has to adapt to master that movement. And I also think a lot of people, it's, it's this uh, fascination with like just sweating. Like you, yes. you assume just because you sweating profusely, your workout is good. So you have the bad programs where your trainer is out to want to look like they're, they're giving you a good workout. So you're there, you've done your thrusters or you've done your good squats and then just so they can tire you out and make you, you know, do why, why don't you do 100 burpees or why don't you do 3,000 mountain climbers? And you're like, you, and, and right there you're like, they've programmed four sets of that and you're thinking, are you, are you working towards a certain goal? Or if you're working towards the burpee Olympics, then that, that's fine, that, that'll work. But if well, you're the thing with body weight exercises, yeah. exactly what you said goes across the body weight exercises. Yeah, it's hard for our bodies to adapt to something it does a lot of. Yeah, yeah, in it, one go. Um, it you know, stressful. We move around day to day. We spend a lot of time walking and and bending down, squatting with our body weight day to day. Anyway, you you work going up and down stairs, and you don't make progress initially. But then the body is like, oh, this is the same as it always is. Yeah, <laughs> the same yeah. as it always is. I mean, all you have to do is the only way you can get adaption is increase volume. So you end up increasing so much volume that you can't recover from it. And you're tired and you're drained. You felt like you've run a marathon by doing about a million burpees. And the body can't adapt anyway because it's too taxed. And this is a problem with, as I said, you know, body weight exercises yeah. are challenging. Air squatting isn't challenging if you can move your body weight and sit on a chair, yeah. you know? And same with certain other exercises, you know, and all you're doing is potentially going to get an injury from having to increase so much volume. And just overuse. And you can, you know, okay. a lot of people ask if you can build muscle at home with body weight. And yeah, you can to an extent, especially if you're, if, you're, if you're a beginner yeah. and you're untrained. But, you know, yeah. Andy, like you said, you know, okay, if you're doing 100 jump lunges every day, okay, well, next week you're going to have to do 200, the next week 300. Exactly. Are you going to have time because. to do 500 jump lunges? <laughs> and, you know, and definitely you'll be increasing your chances of getting injured. Yeah, which, yeah, which, yeah it'll, it'll actually be nice to do a, a like a, an episode on programming because it would be nice to just teach guys instead of doing 300 jumping lunges, you know, just you can slow it down, do your lunges this way, superset. Because oh, now when you watch, when you watch um, social media, you can see how clueless guys are. Like, especially without the yeah. gym, you find guys who are squatting heavyweights who can't, can barely do a good air squat. They have yeah. no mobility. They have no like their form is crap but because you have the weight yeah. on your back and there's gravity you know just just use the momentum and yeah, yeah but yeah. you and give them an thing, air squat yeah when you do body weight exercises you've got to understand the mechanisms of hypertrophy yes. to, to, um, to build muscle and when you're only doing body weight exercises you've only got one mechanism of hypertrophy yes. as we said so yeah. you know you need to, to have those three different mechanisms in the program. Otherwise, you're not going to maximize your potential and you'll, you'll stop adapting sooner. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's so important to understand and to also not base your workout on, or, or yeah, not to base your workout on how effective a workout, on how you sort of feel in terms of, like Leon said, the sweat or like I often go you're for the burn, the pump. That is not an indicator of hypertrophy. Yeah, so, yeah, I think we answered, because uh, there's someone who asked me what is best for hypertrophy, volume or intensity, so... I hope this has answered their question. Both have a place. Yeah. But volume will bottom out quicker. Intensity has no infinite. Yeah. Yeah. You you just keep going. You can only go as intense to failure. Failure is failure. You can't go, yeah. Until you start throwing in a spotter who's going to go four straps, which is then your body doesn't need to adapt because your spotter's doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. The fact is, volume, you will reach a ceiling quickly. Because yeah. there's only so much you can recover from. Yeah, yeah, and to just, I think, really know that everybody is different. What might be hypertrophy for me is not hypertrophy for Leon, is not hypertrophy for Andy. Depending on your background, maybe I've been doing strength training, so just a little bit of increase in volume, that's going to take me into hypertrophy. Or if you're someone who's been, you know, Polish. into a lot of metabolic conditioning, yeah. Um, you know hypertrophy again it'll be it'd be different from you and that'll come down to to rep ranges and i think a lot of people think there's a magic rep range for hypertrophy and no there there isn't and so next week we'll talk about programming we were going to talk about it today but there's just too much to discuss (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, so it's probably more than an hour yeah it's like i think you know going back to just what you've just said it's like it's important to Try new things. Vary your rep ranges. There's not just a four. You don't have to just do four times eight, you know, or you know, four times ten or whatever, five times ten. You know, vary your rep ranges. The important thing is to tackle them all with intensity. Change it up. If you, as I said, you know, if you're someone who's been doing low volume and your body's not stopped change it up for a little bit add in some volume one week but reduce you know in certain sets maybe you'd be doing less sets but each set higher volume just to change it up a little bit just to create adaption but the fact is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again I love it I love it yeah don't do insanity with Sean T (laughs) yeah like like personally I'm, I'm I think I did high volume for so long I'm just enjoying training now. It it almost became a job. I I, I never yeah. just enjoyed going sure, to the gym. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. I I knew going to the gym meant I'm getting tired. I'm training for two hours, and it's just sets on sets, and it's 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 just the lack of knowledge back then, I guess. But now the more you learn, you realize, huh? I've been I've been training for two three years and i've been doing i've just taken the wrong steps and you just have to take a few steps back and accept to become a beginner again because that's where that's what i was saying you've got to take a step back and accept that you were wrong yep and it's okay it's okay we've all done it and it's okay then to look at it more analytically and this comes sometimes with age go yeah i was stupid yeah Yeah. (laughs) let me go back you know let's go back to fundamentals but you start from day one again, almost. Yeah. You know? And I would encourage 
you know, all, all the women listening to this is don't be addicted to volume. Try, I would say most women are in the less, you know, less weight, higher rep range. Try something new. Work on your intensity. You know, if, if you're scared to go, you know, for the heavier weights, you get yourself a training partner who's there to spot you. That really helps with your confidence. And that's why I love yeah. training with Leon. And um, we do the same training program. Um, I, I mean, we, we do individualize it. I might add a bit more volume here or there, change the exercise selection a little bit. But in general, I think more women would benefit for really working on their intensity and reducing the volume big time. You know what I would say? For a lot of women who've been doing high volume, low weight, flip it on its head for a short while, do become a power lifter for a short while. Yeah, yeah. do a month of like three by threes or Just whatever. Power training, yeah. And see and see that you don't suddenly become huge bulky. Yeah. You know, and see that and realise there's actually some good fun in getting stronger. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you know, freedom and personal, you know, personal achievement in being strong yeah. and then merge for two yeah and i'm and sure then combine the two or you know or you coach and if you're a coach who's had women just doing high volume though like do that put them on to this power lifting strength block and then after that combine the two and have a bit of both you know yeah That's yeah i think yeah. most will benefit from from that because now Especially well, when you have, stimulus, isn't yeah. It? Especially if you have someone who was a cardio bunny, it it's usually very hard to make them just do like a three by five or three by three. Well, there's it's a mindset. It, it's more neurologically tiring yeah. in a way, and if you're not used to that, if you're used to coming from your volume, you know, of leaving your workout, it, it, you're tired in a different way. Like there's, it's hard to explain that tiredness if you've done sort of a three by three squats that just it's like you i don't know that it is your your neurological type it's also mentally taxing yep that's stress of like looking at that bar thinking (laughs) i remember i did a 250 kg and i remember loading it up and this is what this was at parkland's um sports the parkland's um one bag of car anyway when i first moved to um nairobi yeah and i loaded it up and I was looking at it for a split second thinking, how the fuck am I going to lift this? <laughs> yeah. my, my progress to it. And I was like, but it just doesn't, it doesn't, you know, mentally, when you look at how much weight that's on the bar, it's and you crazy, know yeah. the bar will bend a little bit. Yeah. You, know, you feel it. Yeah. Like, so you do one or two reps, and you normally tap out before you... Before you, you start one or two more reps <laughs> in you easy. Yeah, yeah, totally. But for psychological, trying to take a, control your mind, and that's tiring itself. So when, you know, so your body is in a stressed state and, you know, it takes a bit of time to get your head around that. Yeah, because yeah, I remember that the last session we did at Smart Gym, I was even, because Clea was recording the squat I did and I, I was telling her, I don't remember coming up on the last rep, you know, where you go blank and then you're like, yeah. oh crap, I've fallen. I'm sure I'm on the ground. And then you, you know, you come, the stars start clearing out and you're like, oh, I'm up. I'm putting the weight away. I'm done. That's interesting, though, because your body has to shut down other processes to make sure you can lift that weight. You don't, yeah, you don't die. Yeah, it's like this guy can't die. 
It's well, we're, we're not saying yeah. that you have to black out. We're no, not no, no, saying no. that. Just, <laughs> and everyone's yeah, intensity is different. Just a small example. But just <laughs> safeties. All yeah. your yeah. safeties on a squat rack. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And learn uh, to dump the bar if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we've talked for a long time. And yeah. hopefully this this one will save. Fingers crossed. We've got yeah. lots of backup. Um, but we, Otherwise, we're going to become experts. <laughs> if we have to talk about it again, I know. <laughs> well, then we can start doing worldwide lectures on hypertrophy. <laughs> but, but we really hope that this has been useful and how important it is for you to just understand these, these basic principles. It makes a big difference. You don't have to go into the biology of it um, unless you're interested in that. And just hope you take away just what you what you feel is relevant and how important your intensity and recovery is so next week we will do program design um, just because we we think that is an, an episode in and of itself so if you do have any programming questions that's sort of like splits and i guess rep ranges and all that kind of things from beginner 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 to advance just send them to the the podcast page and I, we might be able to do a little Q and A at the end. It'd be like the basics of programming. Yeah, and if you've got questions on the hypertrophy, hit us up. Uh, yeah, I, I got know, good ones yesterday. This episode, so. and I'm sure you have some questions. Hit us up, and we can discuss them on the next episode as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's such a great topic. We we could carry on, um, and yeah. So if you do have questions, we'd love to answer them. Yeah. Great. Well, we yeah. hope you enjoyed, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>